Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and I'm sorry if I like pause sometimes when I'm talking. I'm trying another headset mic combo out, and I can hear myself talk, and so it's throwing me off a little bit. But anyways, this is the mock draft edition. The draft is later tonight. You know, this episode is dropping on Thursday, so the draft is later tonight. We're going to see what's going on. The only trade we right now we have is like the, what's called, Memphis, New Orleans pick. So everything else is going to be normal. We're just going to go through as in the teams are picking it. I have Spin here with me. What's up, Spin? What's up, man? You know, just back here with my good old pal trying to do this, knock this mock draft off. I'm hyped for draft tomorrow, so you you hype for the drive, even though y'all are the fifteenth, and when y'all could have slipped. Well, it's 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 not yeah, it's not even just for my team because we could possibly be trading the pick, but it's just because I think this is uh, like last year. It was a couple good players. But I think the top of this draft, there's like it's some of these guys that will go first pick in and in some of these more recent drafts, and they might have multiple superstars, whereas like. Some drafts you get to like it might be one all star superstar type thing. So I agree one hundred percent. If any of these people from the top three this year, those like those top three prospects, I guarantee I'm putting money that they're all going number one over everybody last year. Like I like Lamelo. Yeah, it's not like the slight. Yeah, it's everything. not the slight them. It's just like as prospects, they they're just better players. And yeah, it's not like exactly. if somebody don't go number one, it's not. Ain't no slight. It's just like either like Kate or whoever goes first is just a really good player. So. Yeah, it just shows that they're really just that elite. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. slight or anything like that. That's just what they are. I mean, when you get in the league, I mean, the what's it called the smoke going clear. Everybody gotta you know start over from day one and put in that work. So if you really think you're better than them, we gonna see. But as yeah. far as prospect and what people think, I mean, a lot of these players this draft. We're going ahead of last year, but that's just how it is. Um, anyway, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and start this off. You, you have the first pick, and, I mean, who are you going for? Are you playing safe or are you taking a risk? Um, I'm going to just, you know, play it to no, no crazy, bold prediction. I'm going to just stick with Cade and let him be the person that leads this franchise and hopefully be the face because they've gone through some – turmoil with like leaving the the Blake and Drummond era and they they this is this is a good player to start start the well not they're already rebuilding but you know jump started with the, he can legit be a face of the franchise and it's good having a point guard lead the way yeah absolutely I feel like you know the point guard is the most important position in basketball so it makes sense and I mean, worst case scenario, let's say worst case scenario, Kate Cunningham doesn't reach his superstar level. He's still going to be a really good or a starter level player for the next 10 years. So it's either you have a starter level point guard or you have a superstar level point guard. Like he's not dropping lower. He's not going to be like somebody that just flames out completely. Like the chance yeah, of not- that, like unless a career ending injury or something like that happens. And like I don't think he's the the like the highest potential, but I think he has the highest floor. Where I think it's going to be like I think I can't really see him being a bust just because he's like such a smart player and he's got the size to where he can. I still think he can help out even if he's not like a super elite player. Yes, yeah, six eight. He'll be in the league a long time. 
I mean, yeah. like you, you're gonna always have a six eight point guard can facilitate, shot forty percent from the three. I mean, there you go. He's not. I know a lot of other people say about Cade and everything about his assist to turnover ratio, how he averaged more turnovers than assists, and he's supposed to be this gifted passer and everything. My thing about that is, I mean, look, I know the competition he's playing, but look at the team he's playing with. So I feel like if you yeah, put him exactly. on better, like better players, NBA level players, then those turnovers are going to get cut down, especially since they're not going to be doubling him and all the other stuff all the time now. So I think mm-hmm. he'd be okay. and, I, and I think like Detroit, like even though they were not really good, they have like some pretty good off ball players with like Grant. He's a really good player. Sadiq Bay can shoot. They got Isaiah Stewart, who's like a, a really solid up and coming center. Like they just have, they never really had a guard, and they were like playing like Dennis Smith Jr. last year, and like I'm just they had Killian somebody else. Killian was yeah, hurt, so they didn't really have an option but to play people like Dennis Smith and everything. It wasn't the yeah. And I think Killian can Killian. play all ball with him too, so they yeah. can both they can both run it. But I think. Um, Cade is just more of a natural point guard, whereas Killian can he can he can be a combo guard, but he's more of like trying to score and create a shot. So yeah, I think I mean I've seen some different like comparisons with Cade. I see some people saying he's Luca. I see some people say he's the size of Jason Tatum. He imagine Jason Tatum, but a playmaker instead of a score first. And yeah, there's exactly. a lot of things how people keep putting him. I'm like. He should be the real deal, so I'm. Ho- I can't wait to watch him. I can't. I can't wait to watch him. You know how I feel about who is the best player in the draft, but yeah. personally, I would still take K first overall and because you know it's a safe. He doesn't. His, his main knock is he doesn't really have like elite athleticism, and he's not the best defender. But I mean, with his size and his skill, he can still get around that. Which is why, like, I see people comparing him to Luca because Luca don't have really elite athleticism. Athleticism, but he's just super skilled and smart. Yeah, he's just so. skilled and can get to his spots. Knows how to move around the floor. Knows how to make the defense follow him. Like he, like a Daniel yeah. and everything. So, I, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, uh, like I just, I just don't want them because if they do try to pull like a two hundred IQ play, and I see all those rumors about them trading back, they trade back, get somebody else, and then Cade actually does pan out to be the superstar then they look like idiots. Yeah. So even if they, like I said, K hits that starter level, he doesn't reach his full potential, then you can still say, I picked the person that was supposed to get picked first overall. So I yeah. cover bases. It's his fault that he failed, not us. And, like, it sounds good. Like, it sounds smart, like, to trade down. But if you miss out on, like, like if he is that superstar, then – I think it's really you. You still lose out unless you got like another super crazy player from it. It's still gonna look bad either way. That he killed the workout. Like they said that, um, what's called they brought Jalen Green in for a workout over the weekend. He killed it. It makes sense because somebody like Jalen Green, somebody like Kay Cunningham, you're not gonna really see what he can do in one on one workouts. Like you just see him, you know, doing cone drills, doing shooting drills, you know, finishing on the basket. His like talent isn't really getting showcased there. He needs like all five because of his playmaking and everything. Somebody like Jalen Green, who's like super athletic, going over there scoring, doing everything. They're like, wow, he can really do everything. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. he looks better in a workout than Kay's going to look out in a workout. But in the five on five, I mean, I still like Jalen Green over him, but 
Cade is going to shine more, especially, like I said, point guard-driven league. Take the safe pick. Don't think about it. Take Cade. That's it. Um, With the second pick, you know, surprisingly, I had to, I, it took a while. I had, to, I had to think about this. So it's the Rockets. They yeah. need help on both sides of the ball. I mean, they rank 27th in offensive rating and 27th in defensive rating. So they were not they were not a good team. And they I were also like hit hard by injury of the year. Yeah. They just they need yeah. they just need a good player regardless of who it is. Yeah, I agree. And then Kevin Porter Jr. started cooking near the end. So I don't I know a lot of people want that Kevin Porter Jr. Jalen Green combination. But then I know that because they say that one of them would learn how to pass. Neither one of them are playmakers. Both of them are score first guards, but they're assuming that they can develop the playmaking. And instead of assuming and trying to play like that, I don't I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to take that risk. Even though I love Jalen Grant, I wouldn't take that risk of putting him and Kevin Porter in the same backcourt. I would take the safer pick in Evan Mobley. Because <laughs> I know I know double like double bigs don't work in this day and age, but you know, Christian Wood can shoot. He's more of a, you know, power forward type than a center anyway. But he yeah. can run the center. So I can see him, you know, guarding power forwards, guarding wing guys. It works out. They can rebound. They'd be better defensively. And I just feel like if Kevin Porter Jr. in what's called Evan Mobley on the pick and roll, that could work better than having Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green trying to share the backcourt. I, I just don't know. And the Rockets are obviously in super rebuild mode. So Evan Mobley has time to, you know, figure it out. Because, you know, bigs usually don't come in and dominate right away. At least like 18, 19-year-old bigs. Like if they're mm-hmm. like 20, 21, 22, yeah, they, they usually are better. But 18, 19-year-old, like look at DeAndre Aiden. Remember when we were doing our mock draft, we put him a little further back because we were like he wasn't really showing anything. But now – I mean, he was good, but he didn't step into like why you saw him being the first pick. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah, so, he definitely he's he's become like a lot better on the defensive end and in offense. Like I think it's just a lack of some games he doesn't get shots and but when he when he is given the opportunity he can score pretty good too. So Yeah, but we're starting to see that now. We didn't see that after. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like with those bigs, it's 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 tougher to come in as a big and try to figure out the game and still having that switch ability and everything like that in Evan mm-hmm. Mobley looks like he's gonna have that switchability. He can run the floor. He can space the floor. He can help right away on defense. You know, he's gonna you know have to learn certain like rotations and learn certain cues and everything like that. But he has superstar potential. So why not take the safe pick? They say I don't I don't know if he's gonna reach their potential because if what they're saying is he's supposed to be Chris Bosh on offense and Anthony Davis on defense. If that's true, then he's supposed to be the greatest power forward of all time. And <laughs> I don't know about that one. I mean, that's a that's a best case scenario, but like, yeah, don't put that all on him. But I mean, I see what they're saying, like the comparison stuff. I mean, hey, that's a that's a tough that's a very tough comparison. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of expectations. So I don't see that, but I still see the superstar potential, and I w- and I would like to see that. So I'm going with the safe pick in Evan Mobley at two. So it's the Cavaliers pick, and we're throwing it back to you. I hope you make Lonzo proud. Uh, this would have been a harder pick for me before because I was I know like they're 
from all the reports I was hearing, like uh, Mobley actually would rather go to the Cavs than the Rockets, and so that's fair because they have better guard play. Yeah, but I think they already have Garland, and it looks like Sexton is on his way out. Are they trying to trade him? So I think this would be a good spot for Jalen Green to just sit at the settle at the um, two next to Garland and um, Okoro at the three. They just they need more scoring because I actually don't think they're a bad defensive team. They, I mean, they have a lot of undersized guards, but they just need to be able to score more. Really. Yeah, I, I understand that pick because you put in Jalen Green basically to take over where Colin Sexton was. Because Colin Sexton was a really good scorer of the basketball. He just wasn't the facilitator that they needed him to be or wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. So you're putting the ball in Darius Garland's hands, who is a good playmaker, and you're telling Jalen Green just go out there, focus on scoring, doing everything. And a good scorer needs a point guard. You've seen it with Devin Booker. You're seeing it with Zach Levine. Yeah, he puts up the numbers, but he's much tougher than if he had an elite point guard beside him. If he had an elite point guard, his shots would be so much easier to get and hitting them in shots so he doesn't have to create for himself all the time. Having a good point guard beside you is night and day. So Yeah, because like Kobe White, he's a, I mean, he's a talent, but he's not really a playmaker like that. He's more of just a scoring guard. Exactly. Which which is why they're in the market for like Lowry and a veteran. So like if they yeah, like you said, if they do get like a, a good floor general, like you'll see Levine just even make a bigger jump because he has less of those duties to try to create. I mean, or playmate that is. So. Yeah, because you don't want like you want them to be able to play making everything, but you don't want that to be their focus. Like you see too many mm-hmm. times you see these elite scorers and they try to make them playmakers. Like you saw with Devin Booker, they forced him. They put him at point guard, and they try to make him play make, and his numbers went down. His efficiency went down because he was trying to do too much, and that's not what he's comfortable with. Like we just said, we'll see Zach Levine take a leap. I saw with them doing it with Tatum. They can't have Tatum bring the ball down the court, and they were trying to make him a playmaker. And I'm like, Tatum isn't a playmaker. This isn't his role. This isn't what we need him doing. We don't need him trying to facilitate and everything like that. Yes, he can pass, and I want Like as a secondary pass. guy, yeah, that's secondary. cool. Yeah, but yeah. not primary. I don't want you to be our primary mm-hmm. playmaker. You know, surprisingly, I didn't even take Jalen Green at three. I had somebody else going right there. I had oh somebody. wow! Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I just went with the board. I was, I was expecting Mobley to beat her, but I was like, I'm just going with the board because I just didn't think Suggs with Garland there. I wouldn't have took Suggs. No, I wouldn't have took. But there Suggs is other either. people. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I wanted Scotty Barnes right there. I wanted Scotty Barnes right there, yeah. right beside um, what's called Garland as the secondary playmaker. Because even if they keep Sex in there, then he's still there to help the defense aside and still be an extra playmaker. If Sex is gone, mm-hmm. he's even he's gets an elevated role where he's still playmaking and he's still there for the defense. And him and Acora right there playing defense with Jared Allen protecting the paint. I just think that would be. If they're trying to like move with this young core, if they think this is their young core to build around, then Scotty Barnes, it would be mm-hmm. my pick. But if they don't believe, if they don't really believe yeah. in this young core and they feel like they need to move somewhere else, then I wouldn't take him either. I would take Jalen Green. And you could try to find like Scotty Barnes type player later on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I respect it. I respect it with the Jalen Green pick. Um, but that kind of throws my board off with the fourth pick because I had him going right here. Um, I'm not sure, honestly, because I don't want to, 
See, I don't want to take Scotty Barnes here now because that messes it up with Siakam. That's way mm-hmm. that's not enough floor space. I do like it though because with Lowry being out the door, they need a new playmaker. Fred Van Fleet is a scorer first. Pascal Siakam, we've seen he doesn't have the biggest bag. He, he, <laughs> he doesn't like he. We're not. I'm not gonna. Yeah, he got to be set him. up. He's he an effort guy. Yeah. So he started basketball late and everything. He needs somebody else to create for him. So honestly, uh nah, I'm a, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Jalen Suggs here. I'm gonna go Jalen Suggs here right beside him. Cause Fred Van Fleet back there, he's he's a he's a little guy, but you know, he's tough and everything. I think Jalen Suggs with his tough nose defense and everything in playmaking takes over for Lauer because Jalen Suggs, they compare him to Drew Holiday and Kyle Lowry. That's somebody. Mm. That's, that's who they compare him to. So, you moving on from Kyle Lowry, get another player that's you know tough nose defense, all the other stuff. He's bigger than the normal basketball player because he's more built and everything in ways, and that's why he got the Drew Holiday comparisons because he's stronger. Yeah, he played quarterback. Yeah, so he he's built he's built like a football player playing the point guard. So that's going to help him defensively. He can play making everything. And the Raptors aren't really like a rebuilding team anyway. They were just nah. in the playoffs and then they just caught a couple I'm, bad breaks. I'm so I'm so jealous of that team because <laughs> they they missed the playoffs and then they did it the right way where they, they weren't one of the worst teams in the league. They kind of tinkered them and were like resting people and then so they pass off Lowry and I know the Raptors fans appreciate Lowry and they just go right into Suggs who Probably has a higher ceiling to be a better player than Lowry. Exactly, and I agree. They, I think there's if they get him, then they can just go right back into the playoffs because you got. I mean, your starting lineup would be like Suggs, Van Vliet, uh, OG, Siakam, and I guess Boucher. I mean, they still can make more moves and stuff, but yeah, they can definitely they make have, moves. But they're not going to. Their their starting lineup's not changing much. It's changing from Kyle yeah. Lowry to Jalen Suggs. So. It's still a really good lineup. Yeah, and it was Lowry. He's still good. He's on decline, so that'll just save them a lot more money where they can try to address other spots. So I think that was. I think that's one of the best fits in the early picks in the draft because, like I said, I think the Raptors are playing with house money where they would just take the best player available. But yeah, he also fits a need too. So. Absolutely. Um, my what's it go so. Wait, no, that was my pick. So it's your pick, right? Going into Orlando? Yeah. And um Orlando is tough because Yeah, because they need a lot. They were 29th offensively and 26th defensively. I mean, I like Jonathan Isaac was hurt. If he comes back mm-hmm. healthy, that changes the defense. Fultz changes the offense, and you know, Cole Anthony and everybody else can improve. But I don't I don't know what their exact need is. Like that, that that was a tough pick for me as well. I don't know what the exact need is immediately. Other than I know they don't need a center because they have Wendell Carter, Mo Bomb, but they have enough centers. And I'm gonna just go with he might not be the a popular pick for there, but I'm just gonna go with them taking Book Knight at five. Good score. Uh yeah, just to get a really good score because they have they had a profile over the years where they would just draft like a lot of long defenders and it's not wrong with that, but they didn't really address like 
they had a like I said, they had a window where they could have really improved that team, and they were just kind of like eight C eight C because they never added to Vucevic and they had Fournier and uh, and Gordon. They never really added much scoring or anything to that. Yeah, just try to add a lot of defense around them. I guess they were and like I mean, banking on them being the scores of Vucevic, Gordon, and, and Fournier being the primary scores, and everybody else just being there for defense. I think Vuce delivered, but Aaron Gordon wasn't really the player people thought he would be. So. Yeah, he was supposed to be Blake Griffin, the mm-hmm. better jumper. Yeah, didn't pan out. And I mean, like they've like they've depended on. I mean, Ross is a solid player, but you shouldn't be like you should be leaning on a lot from your your scoring on the perimeter. So yeah, not at all. I see Ross like I see Ross getting moved this off season. So I because since they are in rebuild mode and they can get some for him, but I do like the book night pick because you know. He can score on all three levels. A lot of people compared him to, like, the C.J. McCollum type because mm-hmm. he can score and everything. He's not really there for the defensive part. But if you need somebody that's going to go out there and get a bucket, he's probably the second best one after Jalen Green. Probably the mm-hmm. second best person to go out there and get a bucket. So I respect that pick. They definitely do need additional scoring. Um, yeah, I, so I have no complaints with that pick at all because then you have him and Fultz in the backcourt, and then you have all the other defenders with Jonathan Isaac. You still have Mo Bamba. You still yeah, because there was other people I thought were maybe better prospects like Barnes and Kaminga, but, like, I just figured I would just take book night for them just to get just a pure score. Yeah, yeah, because you might as well take any – because, yeah, they might be the be- better prospect. Like, Barnes might be the better prospect, but night and day how they're talented. Like, they're not – it's not like – Cade to book night to where it's like, oh, I can't think of doing that. It's like, okay, I can go either way. And, We're in the same tier, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I respect that. I respect that. Uh, who's next? OKC? Who? This is going to be an interesting one. Cause I see that OKC, you know, clearly in rebuild mode. Clearly yeah. just grab asses, don't want to win. They were dead last in offense of like what's called offensive rating, which doesn't make sense to me because they still had Shea. I don't understand how their offense was so bad, but I do remember them trying to let Poku and all those people just shoot as much as they want. They just let them do whatever they wanted. Basically, it was, it was like, like the most blatant, blatant tank. Like I seen as I seen a, a thing on Twitter the other day where they like. They lost. They won like one game out of like twenty something. Like there was a stretch where they went twenty some games and won like one game, and it was just funny because they ended up getting the sixth pick. Like yeah. they were trying to get the first pick and they didn't even come close. So. Yeah, and I see them. You saw that trade deal when they tried to trade Shea in the sixth pick for K Cunningham. Yeah, the Pistons yeah. turned it down. Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't like that. I like Shea. I like Shea a lot. Yeah, I, I think I they're know. really. He's he's getting really undervalued because he's on a team that's just they don't have a direction. Like they they're getting young talent and they're getting all these assets, but then they just keep uh, bringing them in and then trying to ship them for more. And it's like he's a player. If you're the Thunder, he's still young and really good. Like I don't know why you would be trying to yeah, ship him. Uh, only thing I can see is if they're trying to tank for the next three seasons or something because they don't want to pay him. And because you know, like I think, is it next year or the year after next? He's gonna be off his rookie contract. And he's gonna be mm-hmm. up for a deal, and he's gonna get paid. So it's yeah, like maybe OKC sure. doesn't want to pay him. So they're like, okay, we we'll trade him, get somebody else on a rookie contract. We have all these other assets. We can still just build up our team because we're not in 
win now mode so we don't want to pay somebody that's the only thing i can think of but that's what they're really worried about paying one person then that's kind of crazy i don't know yeah i I mean that's that's a good problem to have because eventually like good teams if you have good players on your team you're gonna have to pay them and so it's not like you can avoid that unless you just want to forever have like they legit I was, we were playing them late in the season, and they had people on the court. Like, I really had no idea who, who they were. And, like, if you go on 2K, I was joking. I told somebody, I was like, if you go on 2K, they, like, legit, they're, half of their roster is, like, people who don't even have face scans. Yeah, they, the, they got the generic face. Yeah. <laughs> That's so disgusting. Oh, yeah. But um, I have them taking what's called Jonathan Kaminga. Because if they're go- if they're going for that anyway, it doesn't look like they're trying to win anytime soon. Why not try to hit on the biggest boom or bust prospect? Like Jonathan mm-hmm. Gaminga could be the number one potential player in this draft, or he can not make it and be one of the worst players and fall out of the league in two years. It's really boom or bust for him. He's really raw. And we- I don't know. He's like a freak athlete. You've seen everything like that. They just say a lot of stuff from his G League Ignite games where his decision-making, his shot selection, he still hasn't figured out really how to play basketball. He just relied on his athleticism and just being bigger, stronger, more athletic, and better than everybody else. But he hasn't really figured out how to play the actual game of basketball. And he's like he's like one of like – this is why I wouldn't be a GM because he's like one of the guys I would always try to go after, like the really super high upside. but they got to be coached and like that's part of if you trust your yeah trust the coach trust the development he's going to bring it like that yeah i like people who come in and they have a role and he can at least come in and be a really good defender or look like he can develop like to being an elite defender so like i just like getting guys that are super athletic and they have a role and can be at least like you know coached up like you say he's boomer bust but yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, if he does hit his potential, even if he doesn't hit his full potential, I know a lot of people say that he he's going to be good at worst case scenario. He's going to be Jalen Brown. And if you can get a Jalen Brown type player to pair up with Shea, that's amazing. Having somebody like Jalen Brown. If worst case is Jalen Brown, that is a great pick. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying that because they're comparing him because I don't know if you remember when Jalen Brown was coming out of Cal. Everybody was saying the same things about him. That he was Oh yeah, no, nah, they are very something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very similar. And then people was not understanding the subject's pick at the time because he was just a luxury pick for y'all. So it was smart at the time. But you know, you gotta be patient with those kind of people and see them develop. Yeah. So everybody Jalen Brown legit. Brown. Yeah, he didn't even really have to play for y'all. So it's different for the Thunder where he's gonna play a ton, he'll probably start. Yeah, my only thing with that is it scares me because I don't know if you remember the Kevin Knox situation with the Knicks. Kevin Knox, you know, when he came in the summer, I mean, what's called the summer league and everything, he balled out. Everybody was like, okay, he's going to be the truth. He's going to be real good coming out of Kentucky and everything. He balled out in summer league. So the Knicks literally handed him the keys. His rookie year, they let him do whatever he wanted, shoot whatever he wanted, do like literally there was no such thing as a bad shot with him. But it backfired because it made him yeah. develop a lot of bad habits. So a lot of those shots he was used to taking, and he's like, oh, this is the shot I need to take. But they were bad shots. So he wasn't actually mm-hmm. working on his game to get a better shot. 
he just continued to go with those bad shots. So two, three years down the line, he still has all these bad habits. So it was like, you're a waste of a pick and you're a wasted potential. So I'm, I'm always scared something like that's going to happen, but hopefully he's smart enough to, you know, to be like, yeah, they're, they're doing this. That also goes off player development too, because they're like, yeah, you got that, but you need to work on this. You need to work on yeah. that, do that, blah, blah, blah. So I guess it goes, I don't know. I think I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think at the end of the day, that just has to do with the player and their men, their mentality. Cause I think like with, Kaminga, the good part is that he went through the G League, so you get that professionalism being around all them grown men. And he's only he's still only eighteen, so mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, if you if you're going to be a good player, I think that's all. And you versus Knox might just not he might just not have had it in him to when he got to the NBA to reach that next level where his pure talent could just get him through high school and college. Yeah. And then it could get him through the summer league because he's going against people who are similar to his level or lower. And then when he actually going against people better than him, he didn't know what to do. That makes yeah. sense. Um, I think, yeah, it's up to you. Golden State. Who do you got Golden State taking? There's there's a lot of good people still on the board. Mm. You took the person you have for them going here. Oh, uh, Book Knight. Mm. If I'm Golden State and they're just a really good team. I'm just going to take the best player available, so I'm just going to take Scotty Barnes and just roll with it. And I think that he can step in and possibly yeah, he start. Do that. He can definitely step in. And who better to mentor you than Draymond Green? It's just I don't see his fit with him being the Draymond Green just like that, but Draymond Green with a jump shot. But I guess, like, who else to learn how to play undersized big Slash playmaking small forward power forward center than Draymond Green, so yeah. he can learn a lot going there, and it can help them out because Draymond is getting up there in age. So when Draymond's like going out the door, you still have players like Scotty Barnes, Nico Mannion, and all these other people. And shooters are gonna dev- keep going no matter what. So Steph might be thirty six, thirty seven, and he's not moving around no more, but he can still be just a shooter out there. And they have Wiseman, but the Warriors like to like go small a lot with Draymond at the five. So mm-hmm. if they have a similar player, they can move him to the floor and then they can just – it would be a, a better fit for their small ball line. If they have a player like him who can move multiple positions, guard multiple positions, he just seems like that kind of Warriors player. If they coach him up, I mean, he's a high upside so. Yeah, he's a winner. And that's why I was talking about on Twitter earlier because, like, like just how I own this draft board right here, I had him at three even though he failed now. Um, I saw a post about him. People were talking about him. They Like, the NBA draft posted about him. I was like, yeah, that's that's my number three right there. And I was like, he's mm-hmm. my number three because he he's going to be a winner. He, he makes winning plays. He does everything like that. Um, you, t- you listen to the coaches and how his teammates talk about him. They talk about him like he's crazy, like he's just like, like he's just crazy impactful. And I know you like they talk about those intangibles, and you usually mm-hmm. like okay, yeah, the intangible. But the way I hear them talk about his intangibles are on another level. Like they're talking, like he missed a practice because he was he could I think he was like hurt or sick or whatever. And there was like one of the players was talking about like they had a bad practice. That was like one of the first bad practices they've ever had. Because Scotty's energy there, he's talking to everybody, he's keeping everybody going full speed at practice. He's like a he's a true on the court coach. 
keeping everybody motivated to practice hard and keep going and push themselves the whole time. So to have that effect on your teammates, I'm like, that shows good signs to me. As long oh, as yeah, well, of course. The, the, the talent and everything. So I, I like him a lot, and he's definitely just – I feel like he's going to be a good, like, 10, 12-year bet that's just going to be – never going to be the MVP or anything, but he will be the person who you need on a team. Like somebody you're going to be like, yeah. I want him on my team. And I think that's the thing that a lot of fans and stuff don't see, but the teams and stuff here when they're always constantly, like, calling high school coaches and college coaches, they hear, like, how these players are, they coachable, their energy and stuff like that. And it's, it's an important part that fits into a team. Like, um, it was funny a couple of years ago when people were asking Mark Few at Gonzaga because they've always had one of the best programs in a – talking about Rui, and he was just talking about how he's, like, the nicest player. Or, no, 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 Jay Billis said Rui's, like, the nicest player in the draft, saying, like, he's really coachable and stuff like that. And stuff like that can translate if you're not the most talented, but you're really coachable and a good guy for the team to be around. Yeah, look at somebody like Evan Turner. Evan Turner kept having a job because that was exactly what he was. He was known as an excellent teammate, a great teammate, People people liked him. That's why Boston hired him to be on the assistant coach staff last yeah, he year. Because he was likable. Mm-hmm. The co- the players loved him. And it's just guys like that, you need them on the team. Mm-hmm. I seen y'all just got rid of him now. Yeah, because what's it called? He didn't want him on his It's a new coach. Staff. Yeah, it's a new coach. Yeah. He got a new staff. That's basically how it yeah. goes. You know, yeah, 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 you know how it goes. Like, yeah, he, he got hired. But he's, he's young, so he's going to be on other staffs. But, yeah, he was just a lame duck on. I mean, it's crazy because um, Brad Stevens is still there, but he's just not the coach anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, once you're not the coach, you can't be like, "Yeah, I'm going to be the president of basketball operation," but you have to keep my coaching staff. It's like that doesn't make sense because if I'm running a different scheme than you and I'll run different a uh, different style than you do, then this coaching staff doesn't match my style. So I need mm-hmm. a coaching staff that matches it, and it's just that. Is that simple? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it is tough. A lot of fans I saw were upset with it, but I'm like, but it makes sense. Y'all should have expected it when we got a new coach. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are we going to? Number eight with Orlando? Yeah, again. Yeah. Orlando, they back on the board. They back on the board. Who'd you have them take? I had them take Book Knight. Oh, yeah, you had them take Book Knight to have another score. Well, since, you know, I'm going to change my pickup now because – they don't get that defensive. Well, who did I have? Yeah, they, I had them getting a defensive player. So I'm going to change it up and have them taking another defensive player. Um, I'm going to take them Franz Wagner. That's what I want them to take, you know, versatile He's player. been rising a lot. He like, has uh, been because they talk about his versatility to guard and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has good size. I've seen some things that have him at shooting guard. I've seen some things that have him at power forward, but because of his defensive potential and everything, he's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest or anything like that, but he has good instincts and he has the size and the length to guard two through four. I wouldn't say one necessarily because, you know, point guards are really quick and everything like that. I put him like, yeah, that good two through four. You need players like that. You know, he's not going to, no, I don't, like I said, he's not the quickest, so probably not going to create a shot too much. He can shoot. He will be able to shoot. He will be able to shoot. I don't think he shot that well from the three in the um, college, but I know I saw he said that they said. Well, he, he shot, shot like 30, 34%. So, 34%, I mean, it's not yeah, like that's, he. Yeah, not that's bad. not terrible. 
Yeah, that's that's around league average. 34, 35% is around NBA league average. So I'm playing. Yeah, he's but he's a 3 and D guy. Yeah. So, and he can play like a. His free throw percentage. So, you know, free throw percentage usually translates to the three pointer and the band of shoot. So, mm-hmm. a 3 and D player, that works. I, at first, I wanted to take an offensive player right here, but since you already took their offensive player, go ahead and take defense right here. And we'll see where we go. He, I mean, he his assist went up too. I, I was looking at his number because, like I said, I like the assist to turnover ratio. I think that really shows how mm-hmm. well of a playmaker you are in certain yeah. situations. Like the Kay Cunningham situation, I don't really see so as much because his they're doubling him. He doesn't have really a lot of help. Um, for Wagner, he his assist went from one assist and one point five turnovers to three assists and one point three turnovers. So the assists went up and the turnovers went down. And so I like that. I like the ball being in your hands more and you not turning it over. So that shows me you know you can't facilitate your under and you can do everything like that. You know what plays to make. And you're gonna take care of the ball. So I like that. I think it might be underrated. I can't I like hear that. you. Oh, okay, no, I can't hear you now. Now I was gonna say most people like when they hear defense, it's just hard for them to think that because you know, just by association, people gonna think he's similar to Mo, but him, him and Mo are like completely different players. Mo is more just an offensive player, and he's a center. Where Fran is smaller, but he's a lot better defender. Yep, he can actually guard on the perimeter and everything, which would be important to have him there with on what's called Mo or Window, wherever they go. I just think the oh yeah, Mo is on their team, or did they get rid of him? Who? Mo Wagner's on the Magic, right? No, no, no. Mo, Mo Wagner is on the Celtics. Nah, y'all don't let him go. No, he was with us for the to the end. I don't remember them picking up, getting picked up. I remember nah, he was still on let, the roster. Nah, y'all let him. I, I believe y'all. Yeah, we, we, I'm trying. Let me think. I gotta think. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Yep. Yeah, y'all y'all cut him in April to sign Jabari Wagner. Oh, oh yeah. I mean Jabari Parker. Yeah, we I did said Jabari Wagner. Yeah, the pick up Jabari Parker. I remember. Well, I mean Wagner came in with the Evan Fournier thing, but we did cut him to pick up what's called Jabari Parker because they said that we needed more scoring, and Jabari Jabari didn't really do that anyway. He barely yeah. played. He really didn't do much. So we might as well cut Wagner. But I do remember that. Now you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, if he did go to the Magic, he would be going to play with my... Yeah, so, right there all together. So, I, I feel like that'd just be a good fit. I, I like him there. I don't know if you'd have somebody else there, but I like Orlando picking up Wagner. Nah, and I think... um, Take two guys that should be able to contribute a lot, so... With having five and eight, that's really nice in the draft. We're on the Kings now. Yeah, we're on the Kings now with number nine. Got De'Aaron hmm. Fox, and you got Halliburton. And potentially yeah, it looks like they're Kuzma if they move Buddy. Yeah, it looks like they're trying to get rid of Buddy Hill. Um, well, they're not trying to get rid of him. Buddy Hill wants to get out of there. Yeah. Hmm. I would go big, but I don't really know if there's any bigs worthy of going that early. I mean, it don't matter about worthiness. Yeah. But, um, I think I might reach a little bit, and I'm going to take a guy that I really like that's like big boomer bust, and I would go with Jalen Johnson at nine. 
Okay, I can see that. I can see that because he can play small ball five or go to the four. And we didn't really see him that much because he left early. So I, I respect that pick. I was hoping that they go with somebody like, you know, Johnson or somebody. As there's like Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. I like him. And I feel like here's my thing right here. The Kings have been poverty for a very long time. The Kings were dead last in defense, and they haven't played defense as long as I remembered. They didn't play defense here recently. They didn't play defense with DeMarcus Cousins. I can't remember the last time the Kings played defense. So, <laughs> even like the recent seasons when they were okay, they just well not even okay. They they've all they've been able to score. They just don't play no defense. No defense whatsoever. That's the only one reason I wanted them to have Keon Johnson. But Jalen Johnson might work there too with the small ball five because they can have switchability. Or they might just yeah. go outscore everybody. I don't know. I just, yeah, and he can run the floor with yeah. uh with Fox or Halliburton because they're both elite pass. They're both really good pass playmakers and they're both good scorers. They're both really two mm-hmm. good cards. I think they're gonna be like one of those bad cores that's very dangerous in the future. I like that bad court a lot. Yeah, and he can – I mean, he's shown a little bit that he might be able to be, like, a secondary, like, playmaker and stuff. So, that could – I mean, they already have a bunch of playmakers on their team, but it never hurts to have another guy who can try to handle it a little bit. Nope, don't hurt at all. Don't hurt at all. Yeah, so I don't I don't blame – he's an all-arounder with, you know, good potential. We just want to see where it goes exactly because we, we don't – because, like I said, we don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah. We want to see. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain at that big. I respect it. Uh, number 10, number 10, number 10. When Memphis Grizzlies are on the board. So, the Memphis Grizzlies are an interesting – like, they're in an interesting position because I like them. I like their roster already how they have it. I like Jaw. I like Dylan Brooks. I like Jared Jackson Jr. What did you think about that trade, by the way? That – I like the trade. I like the trade. Yeah, I like the trade. It, it made a lot of sense for both sides because – like, I mean, it seems like crazy that Memphis got both of those players, but I don't think Bledsoe's going to be there much longer. They're probably no, going to Bledsoe's gone. Bledsoe's gone. They don't want that yeah. contract. Bledsoe's definitely going to be good. And I actually like Steven Adams a lot. And I think he's going to be a lot better this year. Hey, well, go him and Val are – no, I was just going to say him and Val are pretty, like, on the on a close level, but Val can just shoot. He can space the floor. Yeah, Val can Pelicans shoot, do. but Steven Adams is a better defender. So, yeah, he's a really he's a really probably one of the best defenders in the league at center. It's just people because he's not a good fit next to Zion, people act like he's not like a good player. Yeah, which I don't much. understand. Well, like I said, without Zion there, I mean, well, okay, you want obviously you're gonna prioritize Zion because Zion is a you know generational talent. But you know, Jared Jackson Jr. can space the floor and is a really good shooter. So having him mm-hmm. right there. That lets the paint be with like the paint's not going to be clogged. They can run the pick and roll. He can go right there. And, and he's, a, I was going to say, he's a really good screen setter too. He just mm-hmm. does a lot of the dirty stuff. And it's crazy. Like Steve Adams has been around forever. I don't think he's. Is he even thirty yet? I don't think so. He's he's, been I mean, he's getting up there. Yeah, he's been there a while, but he's just like one of those players that you feel like been there a while, but he really hasn't. So it's just. We won't. We won't have to see. I, I like the. I like the fifth though. So I think that's just going to be a much better defensive team. You have Stephen Adams and Jared Jackson Jr. Dylan Brooks still there. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah. and I like Kyle Anderson a lot because of his size and yeah. his, his his versatility. He's just a versatile player. Yeah. yeah. So 
that defense of potential right there, I, I like that a lot. So um, I'm gonna go Moses Moody. I'm gonna go Moses Moody right there because yeah, that's a really good pick. Yeah, I mean, hey, he got a seven foot wingspan. You know, he he got good size at six six. He can shoot the ball, you know, shoot from outside, one dribble, two dribble, pull up, everything like that. I mean, the defense was, you know, it was solid. It wasn't like elite over there at Arkansas, you know. It wasn't like to where he was just locking people down. But with his physical, like a seven-foot wingspan, I, you, you can figure that out. You, you like Because yeah, exactly. defense is about like, well, one, it's about the IQ, and the other part is effort. So if he just gives a lot of effort, I just think that puts, like Memphis is going to get a good one. That like really that really slipped. Like I like yeah. I don't know if he's gonna really truly slip this far, but if he does, I think Memphis is lucky to get him. And he's a really NBA ready guy too. Like he could just immediately come in and have an impact. So. Yeah. And that's a team that's expecting to go. I mean, they were in the playoffs and they gave. I mean, they they beat the Warriors and they tried to give the Jazz some trouble, but the Jazz were just the better team. Yeah, but, the I mean, team. they're still really young and up and on the rise. So I like that they they uh, they took on some contracts, but they're in the spot too because they they have all their best players are on like rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, uh, they moved they, up. They can do all that stuff. And like I said, we all know they're they're gonna. There's no way they keep Eric Bledsoe as just a bench warmer on that team. Like as a yeah. season, he's gonna move somewhere or get bought out or something. Something's gonna happen where Eric Blessings. I'm not worried about it right there, but I don't know. We got eleven coming up. Give my boy Lamelo some help. What's up? What's up? Where we going? What's up? Ooh, man. Yeah, that that team is just. They have some talent, but they have a lot of players that just do a lot of the same thing. Yeah, PJ Washington, uh, Miles Bridges are basically the same person. Um, Terry Rozier is a baller, though. You know, he shot forty percent hmm. from three two years ago, thirty nine percent last year. So you know, he's showing to be able to play off ball and shoot the ball really well. You got Hayward there if he ever stays healthy. So I mean, Lamelo, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, whoever they rookie is. Like, what's up? What's up? Who the rookie we getting? I know who I want them uh, to get, but I want to know who you want them to get. I'm going to take – he's probably a reach, too, but he's probably – some people think he's the best defender in the draft. So I'm going to take um, Uzban Garuba, from oh. the international guy from Spain. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, I know they say he's, like, uber-athletic and everything. He can run the – Yeah, he's, he's a shorter – he's a smaller – like, he's 6'8", but – He's more of an undersized five, but I think, like, they have Zeller out there, and he's, like, a vet, but he shouldn't really be a starter on on the NBA team. And at least Garuba can they, – they like, their defense is horrendous. Like, I was watching them play Definitely. the Pacers in that play-in game, and the Pacers had, like, a million people out, and they put up, like, 140 or something, something crazy against them. And – they were trying to zone. I mean, if defense, and that's it. I mean, I can't get mad at you for that pick. I respect the pick. I, I really do. I can't get mad at you. But my pick would have been Kai Jones. But I like the athlete. I like the pick. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard a lot about Kai, and 
a lot of people like him, but I hear people also say like he might be a couple of years away. So I guess it just depends on the yeah, what you want or what you hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like I don't I don't mind you taking um Garuba at all because like you said he's probably the best defensive big in the in the draft, probably the best defender coming out. So it works there. And he you know they always say he has a high motor, everything. He's athletic. He runs the floor and everything like that. My only reason I picked Kai Jones over him was because he also is a like he's a physical animal and everything. He can he can run the floor, jump through the roof, everything. He's an athlete, and he can he's shown the ability to, to stretch the floor. I mean, he only yeah, he is definitely him. a way better or shows a lot more offensive potential than exactly. Garuba. The only thing is the defensive part we still got to figure out because the offensive part is like he shot thirty eight percent from the three. He only shot a little over one a game, but he showed the potential to stretch the floor. The jump shot looks good. He's quick and fast, so he can switch and everything. My concern with him is also he didn't rebound well. He, I think he averaged like five rebounds a game, five, six rebounds a game. He didn't yeah. rebound well. And like the defense, it looks like he chases blocks. He does like, you know, the undisciplined stuff. So he might be, like you said, a couple of years away from actually yeah. learning how to actually be an elite defender. So if they're looking, I mean, I don't see them going wrong either way. If they took Garuba or they took um, what's called Kai Jones, I'd be happy for Lamelo either way because he has a lob threat that can play defense, and they need that defense there because they really don't have mm-hmm. no defender. Because Lamelo, yeah, he can play pass lanes, but he's not playing all ball defense. Gordon Hayward's not there anymore. Terry Rozier not doing that. Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, none of them playing defense. So I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot, actually, because, you know, get that fast pace big. I like that. Um, San Antonio, San Antonio, San Antonio with the number 12 pick. This is going to be somebody I'm watching, uh, you know, living in the, you know, SA, going to go out there and watch those games. I don't know why, man. I'm just ready for them to, like, just move on. Not move on from Pop. They would never do that. But just, like, a new era. Like, he they just had his greatness over yeah, like he's had his greatness, but I'm just tired of seeing him. And like Tim Duncan's not walking and, through that door. Tim yeah, Duncan and he still he still door. gets a lot out of his players, but you might think like how they would be like when you got a lot of younger players and you try to instill like this old school mentality, this overpassing system where like you might have more talent, but you're not really showing it because you're trying to instill team basketball. And, you playing college level cool. basketball. In yeah. the NBA, and it's like, yeah, that's cool, mm-hmm. those schemes and stuff. But unless you have elite talent, that's not working. Like you can't run the triangle offense with just anybody. You can't have that stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to have the right talent. And this slow pace basketball is not working for San Antonio. Just like the triangle offense didn't work when Phil Jackson tried it with the New York Knicks. You have to have the right personnel. And as I'm like, Tim, yeah. not walking through that door. You don't have that personnel to run it. You have to either adapt to this new era. Or you need to move out the door. And I respect mm-hmm. Pop and everything. I think he gets a little too much credit for Tim Duncan's work, but I still respect him. And I just think it's time for him to, you know, move on. Move on. Nothing wrong with moving on when it's your time. But mm-hmm. San Antonio, I have them taking, you know, I like Keldon Johnson and DeJounte a lot. There's some people on the board that I didn't think were going to be on the board. Um, I'm, I'm conflicted now. I'm conflicted. Like part of me wants Josh Giddy, and part of me wants Kai Jones. Don't he? Yeah, he seems he seems like a Spurs player. Yeah, Josh Giddy is a Spurs player. That's why I had Josh Giddy coming right here. I had him right here, 
Like, you know, that little Australian talent and everything. I'm like, I, I like what I saw from him. He looked like an all-arounder. He looked like a Spurs It's funny player. because, like, it's funny because some of the reports I've seen is that the Grizzlies is trying to move up for Giddy. But, I mean, you never know what happens in the draft. I saw, the, I saw that a lot, too. I saw a lot of people saying they wanted Giddy, and I saw a lot of reports saying that. I didn't understand why, though. Yeah, me neither. A playmaker and a point guard, a tall 6'8 point guard, when you have Jaw right there. Yeah, because Jaw like isn't like the best off-ball guy. Yeah, exactly. He's not knocking out there. And it's not like Giddy's like this great, big, like – like physical presence that he can play the small forward. He's gonna need. He's a skinny guy unless he puts on a lot of muscle. He's a pretty scrawny guy. So I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. But I mean, maybe they see something we don't. I'm not sure. I think mm-hmm. the Spurs still take Josh Giddy, even though I would like them to take Kai. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna stick with my pick with them taking on um, Josh Giddy. And then we're just gonna go with that. I don't, I don't know if you have anything else to say. Do you? Would you get? No, nah, like I said, he's. No, nah, I think like. He's just the like Spurs player where he's just a smart guy. He's a elite passer. He's got the size of he's six eight at playing point guard, so and I mean they have they have DeJounte and stuff, but they can still move him around at different different positions or still he can come in off the bench and like I said, they can get a lot out of him. Yeah, I think he will fit. Cool. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. Who do you? Who do you have? What's called Indiana taking? Mm. This was a tough one because they got they got a good team. They already got Brogdon. They have Sabonis. They That's have a team. Turner. They're fully healthy. Like they just have cool. a lot of good pieces on there. Even when you forget they got Karis Levert coming back healthy and TJ yeah. Warren. They, that's a good yeah. team. Like yeah. I don't know. I say they trade the big, um, but if they take it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna just say because I feel like he can go help any team around here. I would just give them the best shooter with Kispert. Yep, that's who I had him taking too. Because it's like you can never have too many shooters. You can never have too many yeah. space on the floor. I mean, he shot 44 percent last year. It, it gradually went up every year. So it's like, why not? Why not? He's in, and, and I think the they're going to lose. Yeah, I think they're going to lose uh, Doug McDermott, who was probably their best shooter, mm-hmm. uh, their best catch and shoot guy. So I think Kisper could come in for any team and immediately just impact with shooting like a Joe Harris type, where he might not be like really good at anything else, but if he can get out there and knock down open shots, that can help a lot. Exactly. Every team needs a Joe Harris, so there's nothing wrong with that. I respect the pick. Last pick, I mean, last pick of the lottery before we do your stinky team pick. Um, the Golden <laughs> State Warriors, and I got them. I got them reaching right here. I got them taking Zaire Williams. I like him a lot. Yeah. I like him a lot. Six nine, like shooting guard, small forward type player. That can, you know, I mean, the jump shot looks good. The jump shot wasn't falling. It wasn't falling out there. Didn't fall in Stanford that well, but it looked really good. It looked really good. So you can see the potential that he can be become a shooter. He got a good wing. He was really, uh, why not? He was really high coming out of high school, right? 
Yeah, cause he he because I remember you saw him all the time. I think he yeah, he was like a top ten player out of high school because I remember they were saying because he was playing with Zaire Wade and Bronny too. And that was the big thing about him, like he was leading that team. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, yeah, that's where I saw nice. him. Okay, yeah. with Bronny and okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely taking him higher than you know he was anticipated of going, but. I like his game a lot. He can put the ball on the floor. He's a really good. He's really good when he puts the ball on the floor at six nine. So that's that's a that's a big deal being six nine and being able to handle the ball, create your own offense, create your own shot, and having a good shot. Even though, like I said, the, the three pointer wasn't falling that well, it's mm-hmm. the shot looks good and he can create his own shot. So I'm like, I feel like he, you can learn to shoot. Anybody you can teach somebody to shoot. He learns how to do that. He can learn to play defense and everything because he has a size. I just think. I just think he's a good player, and I think he'd be a good Warriors player just for the size and being able to score the basketball. Yeah. And then that's just another person for the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are in a spot where they just – they can take high upside people because they're going to be a good team when Clay's back. And they have – honestly, I don't know if he would play a lot just because they have Wiggins and stuff still unless they trade, but he can come into where – a team where he can settle in and he won't have to do too much and he can just go at his own pace. Exactly. So, not bad at all. Who, who, who you got? Who you got? Washington take at fifteen. Kyle um, Jones is there. Hey, take a big. Take a big. It's honestly, I don't think. I think we're in a spot now where like center isn't a big priority like it used to, just because Gafford emerged and we still have Thomas Bryant coming back. Although he has like. He has like a year left, and but he's make he's not making a lot of money. But um, there. we didn't take Keon Johnson off the board. Yeah, I'm not going for a super high upside person. If they plan on keeping Russ and Bill, I'm just going to take somebody who can come in and help. And I think um, I've been following a lot. It's two guys that I like a lot for this spot. I like um, Chris Duarte, but. But he's a lot older. He's 24. Yeah, that's where but the, a could, lot of mock drafts have the Wizards projected to. Yeah, but I also like Trey Murphy. So I think I'm going to just take Trey Murphy from UVA. He's a 6'9". He was part of the 50-40-90 club. He's a pretty good defender. But the only problem is, like, he's 6'9". He doesn't rebound or block shots. And he, he doesn't like dribble much. Yeah, I think they need – they need, like – <laughs> they need people, more people, more off-ball players on the team because I was disgusted watching like Russ, Neto, and Ish Smith on the court at the same oh, time. Like, they just, kind of drive. Yeah, like people can impact the game without. I mean, that's also a coaching thing. But uh, Wes Unseld sounds like he wants them to pass more because they had were like 28th in passes because they just pounded the rock with Russ and Bills. Um, I think Trey Murphy would be a good off-ball fit with the, his uh, 3 and D potential. So that's what I would take. Not bad at all. I've seen him go as early as 14. I've seen him go as late as 18. So it's like, I don't I don't, I don't blame you. He got man. Like I said, like you said, he's a really good shooter. He has defensive potential because he has that seven-foot wingspan. And I mean, mm-hmm. just having size right there. So you have size with Rui and Denny already right there too. That just, yeah. that that shows a lot. I mean, you need that switchability in today's league, and with wings being yeah. such good scores, and you coming in the East, being in the East where a lot of the good wing scores are, 
you're gonna need somebody like that to be able to play the better three and D players. Cause you need a you need a um, Mikael Bridges, you need a Robert Covington, you need players like that on the team. So it works. Yeah, we had small forwards once Denny went down. Like we really didn't have a small forward, and like Bonga, he could play defense, but he can't do anything on offense. And Denny can play defense, but he was just put in a spot where they had him just shooting jumpers in his first year, and that was it. And yeah, he wasn't even you. I mean, he has potential to become a decent shooter, but I mean, he's not really useful if that's all you're going to have him doing. So I think Trey Murphy can at least hit open jumpers and defend. And like people say, he can't rebound that good for 6'9", but you have Russ, you have Gaffrey, you have other people to rebound. So Yeah, he's just sitting out there playing that Davis Bertans role. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's money. But, yeah, I mean, that, that that's the mock draft right there. I mean, there's players we left off that sh- – that, hey, I'll, I'm hoping if they go that low, I mean, another team's going to get blessed. Like I said, like Keon Johnson, Kai Jones. We got plenty of other players that fell further than we thought they were. There's people that jumped up higher than we thought there was. You know who, who's the biggest drop for me? Who? Greg Brown out of Texas. Greg Brown. I remember you were t- I remember you were talking about him before. Yeah, Greg Brown, like, coming out. He was supposed to be the Patrick Williams type. He was supposed to be – everybody was like, he's the most athletic person in college right now. He's a freshman. He's playing the six-man role, just similar to how Patrick Williams was. He's a raw prospect. He hasn't really figured out how to play the game. You know, like that 6A build, plays the forward position, everything like that. But he went from being, like, a top-five pick based off his potential and his athleticism and everything – to a second round, mm-hmm. like a mid second rounder now, so yeah. that, that's kind of crazy to me. Just that he didn't, he didn't, he was projected to be so good, and I was, I had such high hope for him just from the fall. I mean, who knows? He somebody might take a risk on him. He still balls out, but I don't know. I hope he does. You got anybody else you want to add to the list? Anybody else you want to talk about? Any other words? Um, I mean, he's a local guy, so around here I hear him about him a lot more, but I really like Bones Highland from VCU just because he's a – he's probably one of, like – he's a – he's just a bucket. He's just, like you say, he's called Bones because he's super skinny, but a lot of people compare him to, like, quickly. Um, So I think he should – go higher than what he's projected but like I said he's just he's only 170 at 63 so he'll have to put some yeah, put some um wait on yeah and he has to be able to he's not really a playmaker he's just a scorer which I think could be a good like bench dude that if he develops the playmaking he can be a good like starting point guard so yeah I mean he's still projected as a first rounder so it's not that bad mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I'm yeah and also like I said that you said what no I was gonna keep going um. Also, like, um, what's the dude's name? Um, I hear a lot about Cooper and like how Cooper is like Cooper, really super. Yes. I hear a lot about how he's like, um, well, I've seen his stuff. Like, he's like an elite like ball handler. Mm-hmm. And I said he's the best point guard in the draft, and he was just six four. He's six one. Yeah, in, in his hair. So honestly, he's yeah. probably like 5'11". And a lot of you know people shy away from the small point guard. 
Like, even though you've seen people like them, you see Chris Paul and everybody else, you see Trey Young, you see these other small point guards thriving, but you know, it's still not the safest. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna I think also him. Yeah, I think also what hurts him is he's undersized and he doesn't shoot the three that good. Yeah, that's so, like, if he was an elite three point shooter, he would be up there still. Yeah. Yeah, he would be up there, which I mean if he gets that together, he'll be a really good NBA player. But he's I think he can at least come in and like run an offense and stuff because he's just a really he's a gifted passer and a lead wall handler. Fall to the second round, forty fifth pick, please. Who y'all taking at sixteen? Oh wait, Al Horford. Like, no, you mean <laughs> Moses Brown. That's who we drafted. <laughs> Who oh, Brown, and I'm okay with that. Well, in that spot, they have the – I see this one having the, the Thunder taking Alperin Sangoon. Oh, out of Turkey? Yeah, he's – I heard – I mean, they say he's a really good passer, but he's uh, – I don't know. I don't know, but – I've seen some people maybe suggesting him for us because they credit – Unselled helping a lot with Jokic's development, but I'm like, nah, don't compare him to, to Jokic. <laughs> don't, please, please don't try to take a risk taking a playmaking center that's not there for offense and only going to be there for playmaking. I know I saw yeah. a lot of um, bad things about him though because they were talking about his weight. He was overweight. He had weight problems and everything. Oh really? I mean, I seen some stuff of him running the floor, and he wasn't like super athletic. That was. That was it, but I didn't see like I didn't pay attention to his weight. So yeah, that's yeah. not good if he's overweight. I think I, unless I, that's what he's aiming for. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, I just remember they they were talking about like yeah he had he had some weight issues and everything. Let me go. Yeah, I just clicked. I just went and like looked up one of the reports. I just typed his name in and um draft report. And they yeah his weaknesses. They talking about yeah his weight. They said. Mm-hmm. And everything they said he has to improve his conditioning and weight considerably. Because I remember he had like coming in, they were they were doing his measurements and everything. He had a ton of body fat, and he just didn't come in the draft looking like Pete. But I mean, you can shake that, you can shake that. But he's just a lot overweight, and I remember that's why a lot of people were comparing him to Jokic too, because he was a yeah. playmaking center who's overweight and doesn't really play defense and is good in the low post. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but. You're six nine, not seven foot. So yeah, exactly. I don't know. You're gonna need to play defense and be quick. You can't be six nine and overweight in the NBA today. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's just not gonna work. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially not being able to shoot either. Like so, yeah, it's just not gonna work. But yeah, uh, we've been going on for a while. So this has been another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. Thanks for coming on the show again. We'll see you next time. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Cause simping ain't pimping. Shout out to Spin. We out.